Greetings and welcome to Hellcast. I am Reaper. And I am Eddie. We're going to be sneezy ju- today. Sneezy today, huh? Yeah, yeah, just sneeze. You wanted the seven dwarfs. Today uh, we're going to be joined by Tony Portaro of Whiplash, and dude, you're going to laugh your ass off. But we're going to be joined by a special guest as well, a very special guest. But I'll get into that in a second. Um, so I just wanted to point out a few key factors. I talked about it last time. I want to mention again. If you go on our website, hellcast.hellsheadbangers.com, there's a thing on the left side there to subscribe to a mailing list, which will tell you exactly when there's a new episode posted. So you can stay up to date right away and be the first to hear it. Um, And if you just can't figure out all that uh, iTunes mumbo-jumbo or the shit on the website, we are on YouTube. Just search out Hellcast and we're coming up. Also on iTunes still, right? We're on all that. That's why I said if you can't figure out the iTunes mumbo jumbo. Oh, you said iTunes mumbo jumbo. Yeah, all that mumbo jumbo. I guess I did hear that. I'm not listening to you. Oh, that's cool. You didn't listen to me last time. Why would you listen to me this time? And as got a little news for on the Hell's Headbangers end because that is the sponsor of this show. They are good guys. And behind me is a tune off the Witch Tannic Hallucinations album by Acid Witch, and many people have been wondering because it was so postponed with the vinyl release, but that is now available. It's been available for a little bit. Uh, there's different pressings of different colored vinyls. Really, They all turned out really freaking cool, and there's a picture disc, so get your hands on it right now. Get one of each. Get one of each. Get one or one. Get whatever you want, uh, and there's also t-shirts with that. Get one to make a porn with. There you go. Uh, so there's cool t-shirts to go along with the album as well. And many assorted cool past releases that Hell's Headbangers has done. There's uh, also some great releases coming out with some t-shirts like Bestial Mockery, uh, Destructor, and plenty of others. Go, so Destructor with a K, right? Yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Not with a C. So go on uh, to hellsheadbangers.com and check that out. Really cool stuff. And also, last time we were running a sale on Hellcast. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but that sale has been extended. So go past to the last episode and check that out, and you'll find out what that special sale was and how you can take advantage of that. The special sale or the The special special sale? Okay. (laughs) All right, dude. Um, so we uh, this call you're getting, I guess I got you. I got to get cut out, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're doing a live call today. We had someone. I'll that be just, back, folks. We had someone that had a little, little bit of problem with something that was going on on Hellcast, and you know, god damn it! Hold on, I, I was trying to fucking set it up, but the, the pricks call me. Hold on. All right. That's my ringtone, by the way. All right, so... I didn't you guys make fun of our stuff. Hold on. You know, you come up. It's fucking guys talking. I got uh, Mikey Montgomery on the line. He's from the band I Wrestled the Bear Once, or I Wrestled the Bear Once. I don't remember the fuck they're called. I'll ask him and find out. But uh, they got a they got they had a problem of sorts. I'm just I'm going to go to him. But people might remember that from a past episode from the What the Fuck segment, which actually their music has made it into our lovely scheme of or our, our lovely. Th- he's got me already clusterfucked. So let me go to him. He seems really antsy. So 
Hey, 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 Mikey, Mikey, Mikey Montgomery. Mikey Montgomery, yeah, right. thank Mikey. you. That's who I am. Thanks. Mikey Montgomery, but yes, thank you. All right, hold on a second. Thank you. I, I right. know you're a little antsy. Got ants in your pants down there in Alabama and all. But uh, well, so wait, so let me let me introduce you. This is your Mikey Montgomery from the band I Wrestled the Bear once. Is that how you say I, it, or is it I Wrestled Mikey, the not Bear? Monkey. What? Did you call me Monkey or Mikey? I called you Mikey. Your name's Mikey. Oh, uh- I thought you said monkey. I was going to come up there to Ohio and kick your ass. How do you know I'm from Ohio? Because I I did my research, unlike you. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) What didn't I research? I listened to your band. It took me like 10 seconds to realize how shitty it was. You know, man, come on. Can you do, can you do, can you bring all those styles of like Faith No More and Screaming? You know, into one, and then do it nice in the south like you're at the prom, and then all of a sudden, ah, you know. No, I don't. I couldn't be because I'm in. It's I'm very in, original. I'm into. You, know, you make fun of it with <laughs> you and your Hellcast. Mikey, your, Mikey, let me ask you something. How the hell is that original when anything that's labeled as new metal or the hip metal of today is chug a lug a bum bum and then and then chunk a fucking arpeggio sweeps and shit. How is that original? I don't hear anything original. What I hear, Mikey, what I hear, Mikey, is simplistic chug a lug a heavy bullshit, and then it goes into like you you try to redeem your a guitar ability. I don't know what the fuck you do in the band, but I'm assuming you're a guitar player. And you try to redeem well, yourself by doing some sweep... Ar- Mikey, could you shut the fuck up for a second? Alright, thank we're, you. We're Mikey! Our, you know, we're expressing our <laughs> what is with you fucking rednecks and not listening? Hey, Mikey! Multi-styles of music, unlike you, crucified mortals, son of a bitch. Well, you did That's do your homework. You Satan-worshipping son of a bitch, man. Come on. I gotta eat some crawfish and stuff and then get away from that and listen to this telling me that we're chugging the lugger. So what, man? Alright, Mikey, I'm gonna. Alright, Mikey, if you could listen for a second, I'm gonna ask you a question. Alright, we're gonna go back. First off, what, right. what, what, what the fuck is your problem? You guys get on our Facebook page and IM us and tell us that we're a shitty band and you give us a bunch of shit. So we were like, Fuck you, man. You can't do it as good as we do. And then we listen to your thrash metal and your death metal and your black metal. From That's hell cool, Mikey. So let me, okay, that's cool. And with that being said, first off, giving you a bunch of shit, how was saying that we ripped on your shitty band on one episode giving you a bunch of shit? That's just simply pointing you to the right direction because I figured, you know, these guys, they need to, they, they, they think they're a metal band and they clearly need to hear about some metal music. So why not turn them onto our show and be the first to tell them? See, Mikey, I'm trying to be your friend here. And a friend of mine told me that a friend would tell another friend that he has a shitty band or a bitch girlfriend or oh, no, a bad man. job you know or as flies down that's what that's what friends do and i don't want to be your friend but i was trying to be friendly and I'm, i was telling you they have a shitty band and you clearly do and it was pointed in my we direction are not shitty we work our asses off of I course, mean, Mikey. All right. Well, let me get down to yeah. I, I don't want to spend all day on this because you have some sort of problem. Whatever. That's fine and dandy. So, exactly. Tell me. Where the fuck did the name I Wrestled... Wait. Tell me. Is it pronounced I Wrestled Da Bear once or is it I Wrestled A Bear once? And why is it well, in an AOL chat room kind of name sense? Well, 
Well, you know why we did that. We, it, it, it's up for interpretation. And where the name come from, I got a cousin. He works at an alligator farm, okay? He wrestles alligators. Well, some snot-nosed guy came in and, like, was giving him hell, telling him, hey, you know, you wrestle alligators. You're a really big, tough man. He goes, why don't you go wrestle a bear? And my cousin got up and said, I wrestled a bear once. Because he did in Nome, Alaska. <laughs> That's what we got. We thought that was such a good name. Cause we that is the dumbest fucking name. Were you, like, on drugs when you thought that that was going to be a good fucking name? <laughs> Dude, we know it's a good name, man. It's yeah, a great, that a a great good... brand. <laughs> that is Dude, the shittiest name ever. singer that wears glasses and screens, and then she sings <laughs> off like you're at the prom. Come on. Right. <laughs> so, Mikey, you know, clearly, Mikey, what, what, the biggest thing, the things that chaps my ass is that you go to a label, Central Media Records is your label, and it's not exactly the not nowadays at least, but it was a reputable well, label. They put up. Media is awesome. All right, that's fine. Love them; they're great. So they're, they're a reputable label, and they've put out your they put out stuff that you know has a good name in metal music. And now the thing that chaps my ass though is they're going around with this trend and stuff. And now it's not fully upon you guys putting out the shitty music that you do. Now, 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 Mikey, don't get all defensive. So you're putting out crappy music that I don't deem as metal, and no one that listens to the show thinks as is metal. It's just bullshit stuff that you say is original, which I do not hear the originality. So basically, you're taking a label's reputation, and you're stealing a spot for a band that would fit within that label's reputation. And granted, yes, like I said, I know it's up to that label to decide that factor or not. But still, Mikey, if you knew metal you wouldn't fucking deem yourselves as a metal label to even try to be on a metal label so i must ask you what the fuck do you listen to do you, you clearly don't know metal well come on man we were coming we were listening to metal and you know what you know they put us on their label they made the choice because they knew we'd sell records because we're awesome because you know there's got to be oh, yeah. kids out there that are going to jam it and they are obviously you should see our shows lots of kids and uh you know you see a chaps your ass you know down here, down south, he talks to someone like that in person. You might get your ass checked, if you know what I mean. Uh, anyway. He, he, okay. <laughs> so, Century Media, they take this because they know we're awesome, dude. I mean, you heard our stuff. Dude, we're talented. We play awesome riffs, and then we no, change. No, you don't. We, that, we showcase <laughs> our the, talents, Mikey. That's the last thing. I mean, and what? And and maybe because you're a drummer, and that's why you think that they're awesome riffs because you don't know it. But as a drummer, you know that there's certain fundamentals to playing an instrument. And when I hear your stupid, your your sweet riffs, as you say, or what would be more so as math metal, and I don't want to like give you the tag of metal, but that shit doesn't make sense, Mikey. It's just it's a fucking exercise. It's like you know. You do that exercise to get you better and establish an ability for the instrument not to fucking... That's not a riff that makes sure you can write a catchy riff. Like, write me a song, Mikey. I want to be able to tap my foot. Instead, you got some bitch yelling and then starts fucking singing soft as and going to the prom, as you put it. I don't know why the fuck you'd want to sing cater to fucking prom people. I mean, Mikey, the paycheck can't be that good. They're, I rest, I never even heard of you guys until someone told me about your shitty band. And that's that's about it, Mikey. I really don't want to let them waste much more time talking to you because I, well, I honestly, you I'm not interested. I told you about it. They got good taste, man. You know, man, and I, you know, you're thrashy and stuff. And I, if you want to talk about metal, you know, if you tell me to call you, you know, on the hour, and I called you, you know, a couple minutes before, because, you know, sometimes people set it up, you know, like two minutes to midnight. I did my research, motherfucker. That's Iron Maiden. So, yeah, I know Iron Maiden. 
but I also know Faith No More. I know Corn. Oh wow! I know yeah, Little Biscuits. Those guys are heavy, man. That's yeah, heavy stuff. Right, Mikey. There, that's a really good wide range of metal taste. There. I mean, you just the biggest the bands that come to you. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah, the shit that's just so readily available. You walk through a mall and you see it blasted right in your face. That's really some hardcore research you did, and that really explains why your band is as shitty as it is. And really, Mikey, I really don't want to talk to you anymore. I I appreciate you coming on the show to bitch, and you know we'll give you the time of the day if we tore you an asshole, and we'll give you let you have the voice. We're not going to be fucking microphone tough guys and just sit behind the microphone and talk shit. But I got to tell you, Mikey, your your band sucks, and it, it, it's one of the worst that we heard. Uh, it's actually surprising there there's there was worse that we heard. But Mikey, you guys got to stop. I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but it, it's just horrible. So, well, Reaper, hey, I wanted to thank you for putting us on and having this funny conversation with us, telling us that our band sucks. I guess that's that's like what some some of the metal dudes do, you know, so they can so they can promote their stuff. That was good, but we'll keep that on the down low. Wink, wink. Okay, uh, we know you like it, so we appreciate it. Oh, okay, that's great, Mike. <laughs> What the fuck? Damn, that that's what that fucking phone call was. I mean, it's <laughs> going off on stupid bullshit and whatnot. Have you but got my mic turned up yet? Yeah, 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 you're All good. Right, cool. So when she heard it in the background... Yeah, it, I was a little disappointed I couldn't get involved with that. I know with Kate and we had... We had technical difficulties with this, and with Kate, and I was able to sit in, and I was going to sit in with it, but... Yeah, well, with being over the phone and shit, I can only do it just once, but uh, it was kind of the, the input I was pretty much expecting, just just someone being a bitch, because you, you make fun of their stuff and whatever, but it was, it was when I first heard that he was, you know, bitching about it, I, I was like, oh, dude, he's like, I want, you know, I want to defend myself and shit, and just like, fuck yeah, man, call up the show, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I thought, I thought it was cool, I mean, he was blabbing about stupid shit and whatnot and how great they are and i i've never seen really too much of a arrogant fucking bastard as him but you know whatever shitty music shitty music the, the i wrestle the bear thing was pretty funny where that came from i guess <laughs> yeah i mean i've never asked too many bands where they got their name but i can't imagine that they all have that stupid of a fucking story to go with it so <laughs> yeah so as Mikey Montgomery is saying, though, as this is a weird segue into a topic of sorts after that nonsense, but the you know saying that he's all you know, we combine a diverse styles and blah 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 blah. But now there is a psychedelic rock phenomenon that's going, and it's really made its acceptance beside metal. And I don't quite understand why everyone's got like a massive erection over it and how all these metal people i mean granted it's close enough to it in genre takes but it's it's almost as if if you're doom like acid witch and stuff like even that has like a psychedelic edge but it's it still it's like, metal right but it seems like other bands it just they fall off the metal track and just bam it's just full up rock and roll like you know like jess and the ancient ones or the devil's blood witchcraft uncle acid and the deadbeats stuff like that like if you go to metal archives they'll put it down as doom and so on but they'll put like psychedelic rock to it and stuff and it's like all these fucking genres and shit it's just like you know it's clearly a trend nowadays people are probably excited about new music and stuff to f- discover new new stuff and but it's like why weren't they trying to incorporate that into a metal sense rather than just going full-on full-blown rock 
Well, I, I obviously can't speak for the bands. Right, absolutely. I, I, I know some of those bands you mentioned, Jess and the HM1s, I think they're great. Um, Witchcraft, I think um, some of their stuff's really, really good. Uh, their third record, I can't think of the name of it, I really like a lot. I, I think there's a lot, a similar kind of energy, maybe a rebellion kind of thing that's going on. It's certainly not metal. Not that you need a break from metal, but sometimes you, you kind of want... To listen maybe to something else i know you and i were talking earlier talking about some bands that i've come across get a, a cd of theirs um get excited about it and then after you listen to it three or four times you're like yeah it's kind of the, the same thing over and over yeah now, i'm not saying witchcraft and justin ancient ones are those because i only have one cd of justin ancient ones but that's all it, it's like it's it's like yeah and i know they got a, a seven inch i think i guess where i was trying to go with it is just like it's being accepted within the metal world and that's i could see resemblance i mean it's yeah. kind of the same kind of thing but it's it's totally a different musical genre so where now where are you going to draw the line but like zero tolerance magazine a metal magazine will review jess and the ancient ones or the devil's blood and stuff and it's like those bands aren't metal. Kind of like I was telling Mikey, you what you're doing is you're taking the slot of a metal band's place. You're not metal. So it's I, like, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Well, we, we were talking about this earlier too. That that's the thing that kind of drives me crazy about genres. Is it's like try to describe. Right. You know, is it black? Is it death? Is it thrash? Is it all three? You know, and I talk about these guys or this guy a lot. Like Midnight. I guess Athenar calls it black rock and roll. But to me, there's kind of a metal edge. But it's not. There's there's definitely a rock and roll feel to it and like that attitude so maybe from a musical standpoint there's a similar attitude but i get what you're saying about i didn't even think of it that way that in a metal magazine it should be metal bands but where do you draw the line like midnight i could all right that's definitely metal i would put them but just in the ancient ones yeah that's more just and rock was, and roll witchcraft right. yeah and that's how i actually heard just in the ancient ones i was stumbling across bands to play for the show and yeah. uh, i heard it and i was just like it's good, but it's not metal. So I put it right back. I was like, I'm not going to play it. It's yeah, not a yeah. metal band. People would be like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, so I just don't see why it's fully accepted to be like within metal's place. I mean, it's it's not like, hey, fuck it, go rebel. It. And like, I totally don't understand it. It's definitely a trend. So it's just more so, I don't know, a gossip more or less about just the style of music. Way yeah. Way. Or, you know, it, I mean, you wonder if it's just like at that point, they were like, you know, we we've put all these metal bands in here and right now we've got nothing but shit so let's let's put a good rock and roll band with some attitude and moxie in here and the metal people might like it and and, you know they might branch out because when i was a kid man i was just all about i remember you know having conversations with it's like i don't fucking listen to anything but metal and you know and, and that's what i did you know it got to the point where when i was a teenager i wouldn't even wear like and this was before injustice for all came out i wouldn't even wear my metallica shirts because people knew metal you know in 1986 Everybody knew who they were in 1987, but I was like, fuck it, I'm not going to wear that. I'm going to wear my Dark Angel t-shirt or my Exodus t-shirt or whatever, Testament, whatever. Had there maybe been a magazine that, I won't say told me, but threw something out there, like, it's okay to branch out. You know, and it kind of opens your mind, because honestly, I was kind of closed-minded. I guess my fascination to even bring up the topic was to kind of more so be the voice of the potential die-hard extreme metal guy or just straight-up metal guy that 
probably wouldn't like that stuff. And it's like, right. you know, I don't want this rock stuff. Realistically, in a way, it's essentially kind of the same thing as like back when uh, Anthrax or something was doing I'm the man. It's like, well, rap and metal had a lot of stuff in common. And all of a sudden, let's combine the two. It's just like, well, rock and metal had a lot in common. So you like metal guys rather than making stuff because it was Jess and the Angel. At least one guy is clearly in other stuff. I don't know what he's in, but he's a metal guy doing rock and stuff. So I could see where it's, it's kind of an interesting time i guess because is it possibly where things are going to potentially go well rap and metal probably their similarities were that's probably what, it was an attitude thing you know that's what it, anthrax it, just said right 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 and you know maybe the similarity for their sake or for just for sake of argument was the attitude the fuck you at it but it just didn't work well but the rock and roll they're psychedelic they're, rock psychedelic rock you know they're they're playing instruments they're they're talented people writing good songs so not to say that the rap was bad i i never understood right my approach to it though is what about the extreme metal guy that is going well, why are fucking this is because it's clearly a trend doom it, oh, and of course psych- it is. Psych- like doom psychedelic doom like it's like kind of the same thing it's almost it's like rock. The, it's, it's just almost messed the speed at one at this point and, or the other elements it's like so much fucking stupid ass elements you can't even tell what it is at, at any point but i could see the average joe blow that just likes his the straight up freaking metal you know giving my guitar bass drums and vocals that's what i want all these all this shit i could see where it's just like and now it's in my fucking metal magazine i could see him putting up the same kind of complaint as we do for all this stupid shitty rap metal or the new metal whatever the fuck you want to call it yeah. all that bullshit where essentially if you look at it i hate to admit it got more similarities to what's real metal than rock does because it's, it's yeah because rock to me the difference is the higher overdriven guitars right more the heaviness and, more yeah. or less is backed off and, well, and there's more I, I think with rock and roll there's more elements you can introduce like a saxophone or, or other stuff to where metal if you do that now yeah, you're yeah, yeah you're you there, suck. well i think you suck but oh uh, a saxophone would be horrendous yeah but there's bands that do that kind of bullshit but yeah you know, used to be another kind of thing so i could see where essentially someone might be angry by that it makes me think when i was a kid and i'd stay up watching headbangers ball on saturday nights i believe from 12 to 3 a.m east coast time i was on the east coast in dc area and the first two hours of it it was you know metal bands quotes around that and it'd be like fucking poison you know white lion just a bunch of shit and you're right. like how the, the, and it was like i it kind of makes sense to me now what you're saying because those guys that you know that was some kind of some kind of pop rock and roll right it, it really be honest it was poppy rock and but roll that, and that's and, essentially the same thing and like, it's exactly so so i get it i was angry as fuck it's the back same then. fine line one right. is less now granted like your approach and granted some of yeah, these the, psychedelic bands have a lot more attitude and they're not doing it i don't think for the reasons that the the glammy hairy well, shitty bands are and all right. that but i'm talking about the music itself right the music itself i it, that makes sense to me now like the way you put it that way because when i was a kid yeah i was fucking pissed off what the fuck is bon jovi doing on headbangers ball
The other day, I was watching an interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino, <sighs> and uh, he was talking about, obviously, he's a movie aficionado, so I thought it was kind of interesting because he is? it also applies to metal or just music in general, but uh, he had said that one bad movie devalues three good ones. And we've talked about it on the show before, about bands putting out shitty records. <laughs> Go figure. But <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting, because there's a, a good amount of truth in that, I thought. Be- was it like, um, so say Steven Spielberg puts out, so Raiders of Lost Ark, he did that, right? I don't know. Anyway, so, so somebody puts out four movies, and three of them are awesome, but one sucks. Or is it just in general he was speaking? In general, like say okay. you're on a great track record, and all of a sudden now you you know, say how you have like 20 fucking movies out or 20 records as we're going to go with it, and all of a sudden you put out a turd, it's pretty much going to devalue three of your good ones to a sense. And I think it's kind of interesting. So the same person. Okay, the same artist putting out yeah. Four, okay, I get it. I thought you just meant like three. I was like, no. oh, fuck, then don't listen to. It. I, I okay, I see where you're right. going with it, and that makes a lot of sense because if you think about it, you don't know what point in their discography that it is. So it could be like someone heard that, say it was in the middle, and they put out a crappy record. It's like now, well, maybe people only knew the first record, and all of a sudden it's like, well, now those next two I think are shit. I'm not going to listen to the second record. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like exactly. say deceased or something like you know puts out a record that you hate say you only knew the first record they, their third album sucks well you're not going to listen to the second one now because you heard the third one it sucked so now the second one sucks so now it just defaced two of them for you at least well like, let's just go, say I don't think Deceased has an album that sucks but it was you know, a point but, you were yeah, making you know what, I mean? <laughs> I'm yeah, like, what exactly. the fuck Exactly. So it's like, I, I thought it was really interesting. And I, I thought that it kind of made a lot of sense for that stuff. And it really kind of goes, like, as Don mentioned in the one that, you know, people are too forgiving and want to maintain a connection with a band. Yeah. And I think that they don't, they won't even let that happen. You know, it, it won't trail down to devalue at least other stuff. I mean, like with the interview you were saying where your friend doesn't go, dude, that sucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I bring that up because, as he said, you know, you know, no one will tell a friend that that sucks. And, and people might be going, well, how does that devalue three albums? Is because then, you know, as we talked about comeback bands, you know, most of them suck. <laughs> yeah. They're in touch with the generation that they are. At the time that they're writing their best stuff, and or without the world, you know, the world moves on. Right. So they don't right. know, and they're they're out of it. And all of a sudden, now they come back. So it's like anyone that even knows anything about them, it's going to fucking totally be disguised by what they're currently doing. The first thing that popped into my mind now thinking about it is it's like when Exodus kind of started, we ripped on them and whatever. Honestly, when Fabulous Disaster and then whatever, I don't even remember what came out after that. You know, I was maybe being too forgiving and going, let's give it a shot or maybe being too open minded or maybe that's where you're supposed to be because then you find out a lot about yourself. I think when you stick your neck out, and you're like, I'm going to try this record because let's let's see and it would get to the point to where i almost couldn't go back and listen to bonded by blood and i you know and i mentioned the last time i actually like pleasures of the flesh i know i don't like going back and there, there are a lot of times that happens where I'm, i have a hard time going back and listening to, to right. the previous record so it, may, it makes sense and then you know over time it's almost like your feelings are hurt you're like man these guys ah what are they doing you right know? and anthrax when up to among the living i always thought their stuff was like really cool 
And you know, granted, that's a bigger band. But then after that, it was just like, ah, uh, uh, yeah, you know. And I had, I, I still have a. I guess when they started doing that rap metal stuff, because we brought that up earlier, I had a hard time going back and listening because I kept hearing, ah, uh, not, you know, when I would hear, right, spreading the disease. I would still, even though those are great records. It was just like ah, when I, and I think that it would devalue mostly the last two because it would almost be like a build up to where it would come because it's not like I mean some people definitely pull it out of just thin air a, a change in things or just a total turd of stuff but a lot of people you can kind of see it slowly decline I just thought it was really interesting to hear that because it's like you know that's such a true statement I I believe and especially when like people that leave and come back because they're totally not in touch with what went on you were one thing and now you're another and there's no way in hell you can recreate that because when you come back like i said the world has already moved on so now you're trying trying to rekindle what you were but then now you're trying to be what is and i think they utilize what is i know what you're saying like testament they left and they came back and formation of the damnation or whatever it was in early on i never heard them or never heard the demos when they were the legacy the legacy came out i loved it it was great the new order came out it was great I, as time kind of went on and I thought about it, I was I, even to this day, I sometimes have a hard time going back and listening to that first record because I, I kind of hear that ballady kind of, are they trying too hard? And then they came out with that Formation of the Damnation, which it's not like an awful record. It's not bad. And none of the stuff they did was bad, but it's like, ah, man, it's it, it doesn't have that spark, that energy. And, you know, and maybe that's a personal thing with me. And maybe that's what like Quentin Tarantino was talking about. It's like, ah, you know, and I heard the legacy, man. Man, that just that ripped my face off. And this stuff since then, you're expecting like to just get punched in the face, kicked in the balls in a good way. And that's like, ah, it's not doing it for me. Overkill is another band like that. That I'm talking about living it back then in the 80s. Um, I know they're not terribly underground bands or anything, but it was like after um, Taking Over came out, then they had that the, the fuck you and then some. Yeah. And then, you know, the hello from the gutter stuff. And, and again, that wasn't horrible. But it was like, it didn't seem as dark and evil or something. And I was just like, ah. And I went a long time before I could go back and listen to Feel the Fire taking over, which I don't know if everybody else likes that. I don't really care. I love that fucking record. Uh, Overkill 2, The Nightmare Continues, I think is a creepy song. You know, or- Well, that's the thing is it trickles down. If someone puts out a turd, it betrays you in a way and you, it trickles down to everything else. You want to get rid of stuff. It's just like you then look for flaws and everything else until you get that to that one initial one that really did it for you. You you can't exactly let go of it, and that's where I think there's like like you said there's that that three good albums that it'll devalue for because there will be ones that'll be progressively different to you. Whether it was the band was changing or they just meant something more to you, this is like you know a turd's a fucking turd. <laughs> yeah, and and that's that's the thing. I think expectations as all of us. I mean, honestly, there's probably shows that we do like this one may not be as uh, and people are like fuck, dude. I was expecting the shit with uh, Grave Worm. With with Zach, you know, right, I, I right. want to laugh my ass off every time, and right now we're kind of being serious, and it's not like funny. But who gives a fuck if you don't like it? Don't listen. Uh, right, well, it can go in many different aspects because it's like, yeah, someone's new to it. Then now it's just fucked up because they don't know. Like it's, it might take them three different tries to find out what was essentially a good enough one. Right, there's bands I've gotten into after the fact. I didn't know them from the first record to the second to the third to the however many. Th- and when I hear the ones that I'm like. Ugh, 
ugh, this this is it. I don't get like, oh man, fuck these guys. I just go, ah, I'm not going to buy that record. But I loved the first two. I didn't live it. Corrosion of Conformity, you know, the first couple of records were that... I don't know if I'm saying it like punky raw. No, they were total punk. And and I liked them, but then when uh, Deliverance came out and then um, King of Rotten, that's when I really I was. It was the opposite. I was like, "Fuck, this stuff's heavy." heavy. These or and then um, the one record Pepper was on it. He didn't sing. Um, the, uh, blind, blind. Of course. Thank you, guys. I have so much shit in my head. I, I, I have to really rely on Reaper sometimes. I know what you're talking. <laughs> a- about. Anyway, but those those albums are great. But then America's Volume Dealer came out, and I was like, "What the." F- yeah, fuck is it? What the <laughs> fuck? Right? And and I was so almost distraught and almost like, what are these guys doing, man? Because metal's so important to you and it's, it, you know, and, and dependent on the part in your life, you know, I, I remember what I was personally, what I was going through back then. I was like really relying on music at times. We're like, fuck, dude, is, is this other shit in my life worth it? Fuck it. I sit down, you listen to a CD, you're like, yeah, yeah, this is worth it. And then you go to that store and you buy that turd and you're like, Ah, oh, these guys let me down. Fuck them. There are other shit. I'm getting rid of it, or I'm fucking storing it. Fuck that, you know. And yeah, and it's interesting how that works because, like, you'll if you weren't following it from the beginning, while someone was something, and you, you you came into it later on, it's definitely as it not a big of a deal as to someone that was there loving it beforehand. Just like I said, it's kind of interesting that being in one place at one time will reflect one's opinion and outlook so much. To as someone that came into it fresh, to where it's just like, is it really that bad, or is it just it's so far along what you're used to that it's not great for that band? Because there's a lot of bands that it's just like it's good, but it's not good for that band's name, and it kind of ruined that band for me. So I don't like that. Like you just can't get that image out of your brain, right? Like entombed. Like I don't think any of their post. Like yeah, I, the clandestine, I sometimes yeah, it's not awful, and I don't go ah. Like I, I have no problem listening to Left Hand Path a lot. That's such a good fucking record. But that's like going back. I see what you're saying. Yeah, if you were there like, when it, while it was happening, it was an excitement, and especially a band such as Entombed that was pioneering a sound, so to speak, but if you go into an earlier episode of Hellcast when we were talking about that whole song, right. you know, maybe not. But Toronto when, band, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, but when a song was exciting, nonetheless... <laughs> that was actually funny, the shit Zach was saying about that. So. Yeah, which is, it's just, wow. it's ex- so a song that was exciting to be the one pushing that and then to all of a sudden switch so early on in the game... I could see one's betrayal by that. It's just like, well, what the fuck? I mean, you had anything. It was such a, it was something fresh and was new that like you could have gone anywhere with this, and all of a sudden you totally just abandoned metal or just anything that you were and and did this. And not just them, but a lot of bands do that shit. But then again, you know, it's being an artist, it's a totally different thing. But we're going right. all over the place with this, well, and know? we are, which is kind of cool because it, it made this conversation makes me think of the bands. Two come to mind, and it, it's two bands I've probably beaten to the ground talking about them a lot. The Vladimir's and Lurking Corpses. You know, and it's maybe because they're underground bands and they don't have the pressure. They've still got the drive and the fire after, you know, multiple records. Everything they put out, you're just like, this is, you know, the next one's better than the first, or it's it's equal to, or it's like, ah, this is different, but you know what, I, I dig it. They, they still have a fire and energy, a drive that somehow you can relate to. Maybe that's 
part of it. But of course, when a great band like Five Finger Death Punch does something that you don't particularly like, those guys, you got to so feel totally awesome. abandoned. Like when they put out this song, <laughs> fucking coming down, because I thought Click Click Boom or whatever the hell that was was way cooler. Oh, don't shoot yourself in the head. I mean, what the hell is this, man? Dude, this is awesome. Come on, let, don't, can't you hear them showcasing their prom dancing talent? But you didn't let me do it, so I pulled out the bullets. That were hollow points. Dude, we totally segued into some (laughs) random shit. But I gotta say, what is she taking the pills for? Is she committing suicide? Apparently so. Oh, that's why she's puking. Dude, this sounds like a country song. (laughs) What was the American flag doing back there? What a bunch of fucking pussies. Why is it a bunch of grown men? It always comes back to <laughs> singing the cater to the eighth graders. Yeah, it's all about being an eighth grader. It's like, you're a grown fucking man. What would you know at this point about being an eighth grade? I sure as hell don't. I know I hated everyone. They're, they're trying to do that shit. It had me interested because I'll just, I'll watch random shit just to see what people's outlook on music and shit is. Well, look, everybody's got Chuck Taylor's on in that pause there, so. Great. Do, do you really like to derail? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. But I was totally, like, all this shitty-ass music. You know, I don't even want to go down there. Fuck this shitty-ass music. To get back to the whole lit-down thing to me, this is letting me down. I'm on, fu- I look up five-finger death punch, and bam, a big-ass, huge, glorified advertisement of ghosts Ghost. behind That it. makes me very nervous. What is the Pope guy? Is, his mask looks glorified now. It looks like he's wearing a fucking mask now. They've lost every there's no creepy edge to this at all it's just a crystal clear hd image this dude looks like fucking darth vader now what the hell and then and they're advertising that on a freaking five finger death punch shit and then furthermore changed their name to ghost bc you didn't know about that no i didn't know that mm-hmm. changed their name to ghost bc for obvious reasons because there's probably a zillion ghosts and someone said hey you guys are huge we need people to easily find you guys so they can buy a ghost zillion BC? Of oh, now, so now you're disappointed me i i saw go so now we're going backtracking they don't even have three records to be disappointed with i'm hoping it's not ghosts going oh it's five finger death punch let's do an ad i'm hoping it's like youtube going hey let's put these two together because we don't know what it is you're talking about it's no it's youtube doing that's the fucking money dude they're on universal they're huge i hate to break it to you that is a band knowing you that is totally ruined dude you are going to be very disappointed. And anyone out there that's listening, I would be very disappointed too. In Listener X, I'm still going to use the shot glass. You're going to have to. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to drown out your sorrows. That's a prime example, dude. And and that's another thing. Sometimes it's not even a turd, a true turd. It could be an awesome record, but when that shit starts happening. Yeah, like how can you even like it?
2009 saw the return of one of our classic thrash bands, Whiplash, and it gives me great pleasure to welcome Tony Pataro onto the Hellcast. Thanks for having me. Within the 90s, we saw an extended gap between Insult to Injury and Cult of One, but then an album followed each year after until the 11-year hiatus, which was broken by the release of Unborn Again. Has there been like a struggle to keep the band going after establishing a reputation for the band? Well, we broke up uh, for a few reasons. Uh, we were getting uh, having problems with the record label, and uh, we wanted to get out of that contract. So that started it. And then uh, the second time, I ended up going to school for audio production at NYU and uh, opened up my studio and then started bringing clients in. I always kept the door open to past musicians from Whiplash, and it took until 2008 or 9 when uh, Joe stepped up to the plate and said, all right, you know, it's time, let's do something again. So I'm, I was 100% into it, so we did, and that's when we wrote the songs for Unborn Again in about 17 weeks and uh, recorded that album with Harris Johns producing it. Insult to Injury was the album that first introduced a different vocalist, and you continue to have a vocalist aside from yourself for three more albums up until Thrashback. Why did you feel it necessary to stop doing vocals yourself? I really wanted to focus on my guitar playing and take it to another level. I felt like I still had a lot to learn, even though I went to Berkeley College of Music, and I, I knew there was room to grow, and I, I didn't want to... I never really appreciated my voice, it's not what I really tend to listen to any kind of I didn't like the tone of my voice and uh, but I could never find anyone to sing it the way I heard it in my head that's the reason why I started singing and we I sang on the demo and we sent it out and another demo we got uh, record contracts from six different labels and we started getting great reviews so because I couldn't find anyone at the time to sing it the way I heard the music in my head, I just kept doing it and until the third album where when we got Glenn Hansen on vocals and uh, I was very happy with what he did that album is you know in the top five of my favorite Whiplash albums but uh, yeah that's pretty much how that happened Thrashback saw the return of, of the three piece and you back on vocals and kind of much to my surprise it featured some old demo songs finally on an album like you know, Thrash Till Death or Killing on Monroe, Monroe Street and King with the Axe why did it take so long for songs to those songs to have made it to an album that's a good question well you always had those songs on the back burner I don't even know if we really thought that we would ever release them but when the time came when we reunited it was the original lineup and the fans always appreciated the three-piece whiplash and my vocals so and it was great that we finally had the chance to get back together with the three tonys and uh and record that so we didn't write the whole album but we were we wanted to get it out fast so we knew we had these songs so we re-recorded them and uh i changed a lot we changed some of the lyrics and we mixed a lot of things up. We did a lot of different arrangements of what you would hear on the old demo tapes. Yeah, that, that gave us enough music to put out a quality, full-length album. And, and Thrashback, I might want to say, that might be my favorite Whiplash album to date because I love the leads on that album and, and the original lineup, too. You know, But some of my best leads are, are on Thrashback, I think. You know, I often save questions like this for the end of the interview and, and then play the song, but I chose a different song to play. So 
However, I, I did often wonder if perhaps there was a reference that perhaps only I missed, or maybe not, but yet... Either way, there, there was a. Is what is the significance of Monroe Street for the song "Killing on Monroe Street"? Other than some obvious crime happening there. Well, there was uh, uh, the Capitol Theater in Passaic, New Jersey, was a great place to see shows. It was only only held about thirty two hundred people, and even the Rolling Stones passed through there. U two, a lot of big name bands used to come by, and we used to rehearse two blocks away at Tony Scaglione's house. Uh, we even got to hang out on Merciful Fates bus back in the 80s when they were parked outside the back and we, we went up to their bus and we seen them outside and we let them hear our demo tape and they're like, yeah, come on, hang out on the bus. That was a lot of fun. But right in that area, it's uh, it's like, um, I don't want to say a slum, but you know, it's not uh, an upper class or middle class area there. <laughs> and even at that time, as I was driving to rehearsal one day, I seen this guy running down the road, and there was like a crowd of like twenty people chasing him. So that, that that's when, I, and that was on Monroe Street where the Capitol Theater was. So I decided to use that as a title, "Killing on Monroe Street," and uh, and we still play that song live to this day. Was he just being chased, or was he actually killed? I don't know. I went to rehearse, and I don't know what happened. Oh, <laughs> so you just concluded? <laughs> yeah, I figured that's what happened. I'm assuming that uh, Jackson is close to Monroe Street as well? Yep, that's like a block away. Parallel. Okay. Yeah, and speaking of older or classic songs, you had mentioned in an interview while you were in Italy that the fans were excited to hear the classic songs. And I've often wondered for a band with classic material how it felt to have such a strong following and notoriety for such old material, all the while the band has a new record and records in between that you've done is there any sort of disappointment that the focus is mostly on the classic old material while i would imagine you're mostly excited for the new material it's bittersweet you know uh it's great that we have songs that have stood the test of time and and they're the ones that you know you see the crowd go crazy for you know we tend not to really put too many of the new songs in the set when we play you know because people a lot of times like lately we've been hitting a lot of countries that we never played before and even the ones that we did it's usually a six or eight or even longer year span before we get back there so they we know what they want to hear they want to hear you know power and pain and ticket to mayhem so uh you know with the three-piece lineup i'm able to give them that you know which is good also you know like i said before for some reason they appreciate my vocals and the three piece so that ties it back into all the old stuff as well as a couple songs off thrashback we do play killing on monroe street and a song called this but on the other hand you know we have a a new album that we're working on we may just release an ep because i want to get it out fast but we have about a dozen songs we've recorded we did pre-production and have five finished. Then we went in the studio when Dan Ford was here from London uh, last month when we toured South America, and uh, I had him put his drum tracks down in the in the Mozart studio right here in Clifton, New Jersey. So all the drum tracks are done, all the rhythm guitar and all the bass are done. The album's going to be called Old School American Way, but we still have to do the leads and the vocals and mix it. But it's uh, it's pretty close to being finished. We don't have any cover art yet. Hopefully it'll be out within the next three months. And those 
those five songs I'm really proud of. I like them a lot so far. To, you know, I, I want to hear them with the finished vocals before I could determine which one I like best or, or whatnot, or if we're going to release a single. Those songs I'm really proud of, and I, I'm hoping that the fans like really latched onto them like they latched onto the old material, you know, but you don't know till it comes out. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it that you had to go all the way to the UK to find a drummer? As you know, thinking in the New York area, it'd be pretty easy to find a drummer for Whiplash. That's true. What happened actually was uh, had two shows in London and one in Dublin, Ireland, set up. And at the time, I had uh, Tony Scaglione. I talked to him on the phone, and we decided to get back together and reunite and work on some new stuff and do shows. But he, he's also so really far away. He's down in Georgia. But then, like, two weeks later, you know, he said that he couldn't be 100% committed to the project. So at that time, I had already released the other two guys. It was, like, kind of on sore terms. You know, they, they, they didn't take it too well. Because I knew I had those shows out there, I figured, why don't I just get a drummer from England so I could do the three shows? And that's when uh, I talked to Ben Ward from Orange Goblin. He suggested Nathan Perrier, but Nathan was starting his own business and couldn't do it, and he told me about Dan Ford, and Dan has a history. He grew up playing thrash music, and then he went to a progressive band called Sixth, and when I talked to Dan, he was 100% on board and said he would do it. So, And the guy is really good. He taught at the Academy of Contemporary Music in London. When he flew into the States, and we only had like two practices, he had a notebook with all the music written out. He knew every song, and it, it was like we played together forever. You know, it was so tight. It was like I was playing along with the record. And to this day, we must have done about 20 shows, and we still only had like three rehearsals. We're, we're so prepared before we get together that when we do, we could just get up there and blast the show out. It's, it's pretty amazing, and it's something that I'm proud of and something that I wish I had done all the time if I, had, if I was capable and had all the tools that I needed back then because we, for a long time, we never had our own rehearsal space. So, you know, you're paying for that too. So now we don't have to do that. We're not dishing out money and we're just playing the live shows and the money's coming in. So it, it helps, you know, if you're not shipping away, you know, at the boulder, you, you want to keep pulling that cash in to keep the business going. Yeah, and I would imagine it keeps you kind of excited and psyched about playing the show because you don't have to hash out the songs zillions of times just rehearsing it, you know? It, it's true, it does. And and with Dan, you know, once I felt that comfortable with him and he was ready to be 100% committed, you know, I didn't want to let that, I didn't want to lose that, you know? And and now he's, anytime I need him for a show or something, it, you know, I just tell him the date and here's where we're going to be and we arrange his flights and and we meet up. Usually he'll fly into Newark, New Jersey, and we'll do a show here and then fly to South America and do some shows. And then, like in this case, we came back to South America, then did the show in Jersey, then went in the recording studio, and then he flew back. We, we, we don't even take like a day off. We're always doing something. When he's around, we, we make sure we get all the use out of him that we possibly can. So it's it's been working out well, and, I, I, you know, I hope it does keep and stay this way, and, and it's working out fine for me. I'm really happy with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds like a keeper for me. <laughs> I'm not sure what year it was, but uh, Displeased Records had reissued Power and Pain and Ticket to Mayhem on one CD. And not so much Power and Pain, but it was uh, definitely apparent on Ticket to Mayhem that the audio source was taken from uh, the vinyl version. You know, it had having pops and such. What was the reason to have it taken from the LP rather than just using the original master tape? I'm not sure. You know, I don't think I ever even heard that, so... I couldn't tell you, but uh, yeah, you must be right, because the original album was recorded down in Morris Sound Studio in Tampa, Florida, and that was uh, with the Morris Brothers, Dan and Tom, and we loved the production on that. They did a great job, so definitely something happened between it when we finished the mastering down in Florida and when it reached that that Price Killer CD. I've seen that, yeah, but I never heard it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's disappointing. Sorry about that. Oh yeah, and I don't. I, I figured that a bunch of people actually noticed that from, from who I talked to. I was like, yeah, I was kind of confused why I figured maybe just the label kind of did an easier way out or something, or maybe that was just all that was available. But uh, huh? that was that was the Roadrunner. Oh, that was after. All right, Roadrunner had it originally, and then what label was that? Uh, Displeased Records. Displeased. Oh. Mm. That's a shame, but I like this, please. They were always good to us. Well, it made it available once more, and people that didn't want to pay an arm and a leg for the original, they didn't have to, so I guess it can level with that. In fact, um, when we went in the studio, when we came back from South America, Dan actually not only recorded these five songs, the new songs, for the album we're going to call Old School American Way, but he also recorded drum tracks for five of the older songs, uh, couple of uh, Power and Pain and a couple of Ticket to Mayhem so they're sitting there waiting for bass and guitar and, and vocals and leads so we, we have something stored away where we may just release Old School American Way with the five new songs and then release another EP follow that up with five of the old songs re-recorded and then come out with another five and uh, brand new songs and then maybe even go in and do another five old ones So, or, or combine them and put ten on um, a mixture of both on uh, one full length CD but uh, you know we have a lot of ideas but we'll see what where it goes I'm not sure yet keeping with old and moving actually pretty more towards older material you know prior to there being whiplash uh there was a band you know known as jackhammer whatever happened with jackhammer and, and will there perhaps ever be a re- release of those demos uh i no i don't think so but jackhammer in the very beginning i was in a band called toxin and tony scaglione was in, his band was jackhammer and uh we were introduced from a DJ from Montclair State College who had a radio show up there. And he he seemed to think that, you know, the talent that I had and the talent that Scaglione had, they, that we should be playing together. So he introduced us, and then I went down to a jackhammer rehearsal. They were three-piece, bass, guitar, Tony Scaglione on drums, and they were playing originals. And I seen a microphone there, and nobody was singing. I never have sang before, but I was into it. So I grabbed the mic, and I started winging stuff over the top of it. And then two weeks later, Scaglione calls me up, and he says, Hey, would you join Jackhammer? We want you to be in. So I said, Yeah, and I was in both bands for a while. And then uh, Toxin kind of just fizzled out, and then Scaglione and I kind of cleaned house, and we got a different bass, but we got Tony Bono in the band. That's when we became Whiplash, and that was when we rehearsed on Jackson Street, right behind Monroe Street by uh, 
uh, Capitol Theater in Pasique. Is there any like riffs or anything that kind of were incorporated then into Whiplash songs that were Jackhammer songs? No, never was. Nope. We had a few Jackhammer songs, but uh, I, I, I was never involved in any of the writing. I think they had their songs done, and I just stepped in. And, well, when it came to the vocals, uh, yeah, maybe there. But not, I didn't write any of the music in Jackhammer. So, no, we didn't use any of that for Whiplash. I've always felt that although a thrash band, Whiplash always maintained a sound and style of its own, still never really duplicated to this day from at least my findings in metal. And I feel that the sound generally holds its own because of your guitar playing. And what what served as an inspiration to your playing style? Um, Well, originally, we loved it when we got together. We, We fed off the San Francisco Bay Area thrash bands. And I think that combined with my theory and knowledge from Berkeley College of Music was kind of what what molded together and and made it different. You know, I, I play from like a mathematical standpoint. I think that transfers over into the songwriting, and I think I've done that and I captured that again with these five new songs. So I'm really hoping the crowd really likes them a lot. And and thanks, I, I appreciate that. I like that comment. I think it's a I should because I I like being original and I I don't plan. When I sit down and write a song and say, let me write something that sounds different than anybody else, it just comes out like that for me. So I'm kind of lucky, I guess. But that's something that does keep Whiplash a little separate from the other bands. And it's good to have something original that no one else has, you know? Right. And it's kind of shocking that no one tried to duplicate. So that might be saying something to your degree of ability that it might be just too hard for them to duplicate it. Or, you know, the uh, popularity is definitely there. So I wouldn't know why other reasons they wouldn't want to duplicate it. There is a couple bands that released uh, versions of Power Thrashing Death on their albums. One was a band in Greece. And but when we went out there and played, they opened up for us uh, anger. So I forget the name. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band right right offhand. But um, even kids online. Well, when we went to Greece, I, they said they did a song. They did Power Thrashing Death on their album. So I said, well, come up on stage and join us and sing. You know, with the background vocals and, on it, and the lead singer even did a verse or two. So it was great. The crowd went nuts. I Man, we saved it for like second to last song, and and they just went berserk. It was awesome. But even online, when I see kids play playing power thrashing death i see them doing it all wrong because they don't know how i tuned and they're in the wrong position and they don't take advantage of the open b and e strings so i ended up posting videos a couple videos uh tutorial videos of how to play power thrashing death and uh, burning of atlanta i just wanted them to play it right you know it is challenging <laughs> but it's more rewarding if you play it right and you know what you, you know know how it's done have you maintained a love and interest towards metal by following new and current bands, or have you just kind of stuck with your favorites from the early days? It's funny that you say that, because the only real new metal bands that I run across are the bands that open up for us or support us on the road. You know, and a lot of times it's the South American bands, and I really appreciate that. I like their stuff, like Violator. You know, we, we got along great with them. They're from Brazil. Right now, I just started at the beginning of the year my own radio show. 
It's called Tony Portaro Sonic Asylum on TotalMetalRadio.com. And every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, I've been playing, uh, I'm doing like a two-hour slot. And I started out the first week of the year with um, the best heavy metal albums from 1982. And now we're going into our seventh week. And uh, just yesterday, I did the best uh, heavy metal albums of 1987. So I'm still like kind of focused on that old stuff, but I'm sure as it rolls around to 2000, 2010, you know, halfway through the year, I'll get my feet wet a little more with all the new stuff that's out there. Yeah, outside of Whiplash and now, of course, learning about your radio show, what else are you active with? Well, I'll tell you, this new album is really keeping me busy. I still have to write lyrics for the one last song, but I'm still always picking up the guitar and, you know, I just came down to my studio two nights ago and was inspired and laid some couple new riffs down that that has the potential to be a new song but uh you know that's basically it i mean we're we're really involved with uh searching for the right label right now and we're always updating stuff with the the website and we're looking at booking some shows in europe and in south america with uh rob duke's side project generation kill and uh and even uh, trying to get out to the west coast so it, it, there's always something going on every day we're, we're digging and digging and pushing so uh, about right now my main concern is to get get the right label behind us and and get this album out that's my priority and you mentioned a website what's uh the website for you guys uh, it's officialwhiplash.com But I'm always on Facebook too We got a Whiplash uh, Facebook page I think it's uh, facebook.com Slash whiplash page And then I got tonyportaro.usa On Facebook I got a couple uh, Facebook pages Because you know they, they give you a limit On how many friends you could have So I had to open up a second one Yeah and, and as mentioned before About closing an interview with a track I have chose to close it with my Absolute favorite song from Whiplash The song which I first heard That actually got me into the band the that was anticipation the... of finding out which one it is is killing me oh yeah <laughs> that, that's actually the demo version of the burning of atlanta and wow. i always like to take these opportunities while i conduct an interview with you know such an important band to me and so i wonder what exactly is the inspiration to this song musically and lyrically maybe there's another history that i don't know of but uh <laughs> actually i just came up with the title that's uh, probably nine out of ten times I'll come up with a title and then decide what I'm going to write about. And that was the case with Burning of Atlanta. There was nothing like a, not like Red Bomb where I read an article in a magazine and decided to write a song about it. Burning of Atlanta was just, I, I liked the title. And then I said, all right, this song could be about a pyromaniac. So that's that's where I ran with it. It w- wasn't really from any real life experience that I, I had developed or seen in the past. It, it is one of my favorite Whiplash songs too, though. Well, Tony, I, I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your day to come on to the show. Thanks a lot. We appreciate the support.
time to direct to a specific band a very important question and that question goes to forbidden and that question is what happened in the early days they started out 
creating demos as a bunch of young lads in the Bay Area, cranking out exciting Bay Area thrash, or at that time, just thrash metal, or perhaps at that time, just metal. And they came out with a few demos, and they were joined forces with the guy that went off and did a really horrible band called Machine Head, Rob Flynn. And he took <laughs> he took stuff with them, but they came out. They had some really cool demos, some unreleased stuff that were on those demos. And originally being called Forbidden Evil, they dropped the Evil, and finally they put out their debut album under the moniker Forbidden. And ironically enough, call the album Forbidden Evil, and the album starts off awesome it's great guitar playing great album cover. unique vocal style Guys, this is so good. a standout from other bay area thrash bands in my opinion oh these guys were at one time you put it as the van halen of thrash metal because yeah. these guys played a whether they were purple or not like a thrashy heavy I mean vocally it's like thrash and heavy metal with the siren kind of thing but he could sing but yet he could be aggressive Dickinson influence but a bit of a absolutely so Chalice of Blood opens up the debut record Chalice of Blood oh And I thought it was very exciting. I, for one, am a huge fan of that record. And I'll tell you, on that record, Eyes of Glass, that fucking song is just... That, to me, was like the epitome of just a song. What, What an awesome fucking song that was. Great fucking song. And so they go on and they put out their second record. And things kind of took a turn for a little (laughs) bit boring. And Twisted Into Form came out. And one of the tunes that was the hit tune, and I thought it was the hit tune, that was a standout tune for me, was Step by Step. They did a music video for it. So already, kind of maybe sort of falling under the pressures of a major label. I'm not sure. Let's take a listen. So a little bit of a change in guitar tone. Very, very, it's kind of Morris sound, like death metal. Get rid of the mids and stuff. It's yeah, more it wasn't as aggressive. It, it was too, it, it's very, like, almost soft to the yeah. ear as, as opposed to being aggressive. Well, even the vocals. Listen to the vocals. Numbing your mind to the His wife or girlfriend told him, you're going to stop yelling at me. Tone it down a bit. Yeah, tone it down. So much like any band. I mean, it didn't take them long. Like, listen to this. Yeah, that doesn't sound very, like, in your face and aggressive. It's not. Yeah, I mean, I've tried to explain that to people. A friend of mine, he's like, dude... I, I, I said, dude, there's a fine line. There, you know, it's I could see where somebody who was like a mainstream metal fan that heard that that was like, yeah, man, this is kind of cool. It's aggressive, but it's like then you play the first record and it's like, oh, you don't see the difference between the two, dude. That first record is was just it was evil. Wow, forbidden. What a great. I mean, I, I I even remember back then as a kid, the kid at the the record store uh, told me about. It. He's like, dude, if you like this stuff, try try this forbidden evil. I was like, all right. 
right, cool. So I bought it, or Forbidden, and the album was Forbidden Evil, and I researched it, and it was like, oh, it was so awesome. But it, that was one of the bands that when I heard Twisted in the form, I was like, ugh, it just it doesn't it's kick flat. you in the ball. It's very flat. It's not horrible. It's not bad. It's not I wrestled a bear. <laughs> you know what it's I mean? It's not Mikey Montgomery bad. Uh, yeah. But it's, yeah, it's Y'all. not it's not great. And, you know, maybe their third album, they could redeem themselves with Distortion. And here's the track, Distortion. Already, it sounds like a different band. It does. The guitar is are very like uh hold on a second what is that yeah you, you know what I think sometimes it is yeah it was I, this, this is when I was exactly what uh Dawn of the Dead said that you brought up earlier I was being very Forgiving of Forbidden, I was like, ah, let me. I kept listening. Let me give it a chance. I'm gonna. I'm like, these guys. This can't be as bad as I think it is. And you end up listening to the record a lot. And, and you know what? And if they like it, and that's really what they wanted to do, fucking good for them. And fuck me. But it just. It doesn't have. That. That's. That's the disappointment. It's just you're sitting there going, fuck. This is not. This is not. It doesn't good. jam. Like. This is like the only song. It's like, come on, like, like fellas, let's let's go. And it gets a little chugga, down. Like, chugga, where's the chugga, upbeat? Chugga. Yeah, like, like, listen, just hold your thoughts. See already, like, and this is already early '90s when this right. came out. So right, it's so. already, but this whole album to me. Aside from the fact that it's anything different, every fucking song is a build-up. Like, listen to this. Like, that's it's still building up. Like, it's like, when are we gonna jam? Like, let's jam. You do it, motherfucker. Distortion. I, I don't give a what. What is distortion? The, your guitar is distorted. Okay, let's go. But it, the, the guitars aren't. It, they don't have that distortion overdrive kick you in the face like the first one, which is ironic yeah. about me. That sucks. <laughs> it, it's yeah. I, I sometimes wonder, honestly, Reaper, if it's almost like these guys. Obviously, the first record, the guys are so talented, you know, and they're they're playing this almost more straight up music on that first record, where it's more in your face. It's smacking yeah, you but down. Yeah, there's nothing to joke around about on those guitars. I mean, that's some that, sheer playing, right? That's there. what I'm saying. They they're just so fucking good at it. It's like maybe it's that inner. I'm such a good musician. I have to think outside of the box know, and try something different. I don't know because what the fuck different. is that? That isn't it, it, like I, anything intricate. No, it, it's not. But you, it's almost like they're 
are they outthinking themselves? Maybe they're outthinking. You know, you know what I, I, maybe, oh, maybe. Or is it pressure from a, a record label and exec? Who yeah, I don't know. You, who the hell would be pressure? It, I don't know, man. Because that, I, I don't remember their record label story. Is why I asked. I don't know. How does that record compute? Let's just go record by record. That was less technical. It was so fucking boring. Maybe it was more. I don't even know about well, they, that. I, 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 dude, I, I don't, don't know. remember which. I don't, I don't know remember if that which. Applies. I don't know if that's a true what happened because I think I think it got easier as time went on. Maybe they were using more experimental chords and trying. To that's get what a I think it was. Sound. They're like putting these diminished and uh, yeah, maybe that. Stuff in there they're going to be fucking music music theory experts. But at the end of the day, it's like they were never a joke players. They could fucking they, they, play. They are fantastic players, yeah. right? So it's like, that what first, the hell were you yeah. doing, Russ Anderson? Okay, for furthermore, then why? Why the fuck was an ego? And it's like, dude, I can wail, and I'm starting going to start like, yeah, and that, I'm just hey, I got a great lyric idea. I'm gonna say distortion twenty fucking times. What I think happened is I think it was me or someone else happened. They just get caught up with the times. It's just like, well, that's what '90s records sound like, so that's what we got to do. Caught up with the times, or maybe you know, as they get older in lives, they're like you know, maybe the first record they're like, fuck going to the grocery store, fuck living life, fuck <laughs> yeah, you know, and then it's like all of a sudden they're like, well, I can relate to that. Fuck going to the grocery you, you, store. You know what I mean? You know, is is that what's coming in? You know, you know what's coming. In, at Eddie. least it's not I wrestled a bear. Well, you Portland know what's business. coming in at that point, Eddie, is the green. Yeah, this is. Who? Hey, somebody left the phone off the hook when they were recording it. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Operator. <laughs> is that Phil? And Samo or whatever. Right, it's like Parentero. Like, hold on a second. Let's take a look. Is that Rage Against the Machine? I know, dude. Let's let it jam, though. What? Alright, hold on, let this play. Alright, just let this play. And randomly, I'm gonna do something. Okay, you ready for this? It's gonna blow your mind. Well, wait, we're gonna jam, hold on. Oh, <laughs> oh, no, we're not. Psych. But wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that's the same band. It sounds exactly the same. Uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What What do you mean, what happened? Nothing that happened. Dude, like, every fucking record like, just gets drastically worse and worse and weirder and weirder. That's the thing. It, it's weirder and weirder. This is one of those bands, though, that I was still able to go back and listen to the first record because that first record is it's so great. fucking good. But look at this cover, too. I, great. Like, their covers even got weirder. Like, this is not even there, a painting. It, wasn't there, like, a different version of the green record that, in Twisted in the format had like a couple of versions no 
Twisted and Formed, nothing. No, what you're thinking of is Distortion that had one cover and a different cover. Okay. I, and I, one I, cover had the big mouth on the other, and the and the other one had like some weird bunch of people or some shit. Yeah, no, it, everything else was fine. But where was in the green? And already, if you were like a big fan of Distortion, you'd been disappointed by this shit. <laughs> I mean, you'd be like, what? you know, I love Distortion. What happened? And then they're all over the place. So then they disbanded. Like, they were just gone. And then all of a sudden, they started doing shows again. Pretty much, I think, the whole and, and, original lineup. So then, like, you know, after playing shows, like, all those bands around the uh, later 2000s, before it got into the double digits 2000s, were like, you know, everyone was reforming and doing, they were playing shows, playing their classic albums. I don't think they were playing anything off of Green. Definitely not off of Distortion or maybe the other way around. They are playing off their first Definitely not record. off of Green, yeah. Yeah. Honestly, please write into the show if that's the first time you even heard of Forbidden having an album called Green. I would be really curious to know if there's anyone who's like, huh? Because honestly, I think it was swept under the radar. Nonetheless, they put out an album called Green. We just heard it. And they stayed left. They started doing shows and going, huh, I really like this rock and roll style. Why was I ever in that marriage that lost all half of my stuff and I had all those stupid fucking kids? Let's get back into making records. And that's what they did. So they came out with Omega Wave. And as Eddie was saying, and I'll let you explain it. On the cover of the first record, Forbidden Evil, there was a blue skull, a red skull, and as a as a kid, when I bought it, I was like, oh, that's good versus evil, and, and they're crashing together, and I'd get all deep in my mind and go, oh, you can't have one without the other, and blah, blah, blah. Well, this new one, there, so there's a skull, and in the guy's, what would be where his brain is, there's the blue, which I guess is the good skull, the red, which is the bad skull, and they're about to collide, and that's, you know, it's you should get all deep. Is he thinking good, bad, evil? What do I do? And but it, what it is symbolically trying to say is yin yang. No, what it's really trying to say <laughs> is this is our first record back. We're gonna pay homage to our first record, and what we're trying to say is by having that on our cover, this is us saying we're back to our roots. Fuck that green album. Fuck that distortion album. And kind of, sort of, fuck that twisted in the form album. Well, let's go ahead and say back. fuck the twisted in the form. Ugh, yeah. No, they're not saying that because people kind of, sort of like that one. So what they're saying is we're an Omega Wave. So let's hit it on Hellcast. Yeah! <laughs> on your local rock and roll station. Sounds just like the first record. What? What? Jump. Come on, motherfuckers. Let me put your fist Jump. in the air. Jump. Jump. Uh. 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 Yeah, motherfuckers. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Put that arm behind the back and shake up, motherfucker. I want to see some fucking thrashing and moshing, motherfuckers. Did you bring your bandana? Yeah, exactly. Shit. Uh. Oh fuck, chugga lugga, we're gonna do chugga lugga thrash! Like, that part's not awful, but... It's... You know what it reminds so again, me the- of is when... It, it, it kind of, like, falls into that, like... Previous that, that Exodus kind of like we're taking the new metal, mixing it, it with the trash. Right, it's whoa. 
Are they singing? So, again, I mean, listen to this riff. If they returned to anything, they returned to twisted into form style. Bland and boring. I mean, this sucks, but it's yeah. nowhere near as bad as green or distortion. Yeah, those are But it still awful. sucks. Yeah. And furthermore, if we're going to go along like you were saying, these guys are thinking outside the box like we're great guys, we know music theory and stuff. What is this kind of riff? This is the same fucking note. Well, not that one. I mean, nothing. I mean, not even drum-wise is that creative. That's just fucking triggered drums. He's not even... They're not using their ability. This record... This sucks. Yeah, it's not. There, it's, it, there's a something... There's a quality to... Well, among just... It's... Uh, I mean, this it, sucks. It reminds me of <laughs> people just trying too hard. Or, or not trying hard enough. I haven't figured out which it is. Well, they had fucking 20... They had 15 years to figure it out. <laughs> You know, it wasn't like they were under some pressure. Yeah. Like, hey, you but, guys, but like you, you said, know what, man? What the fuck are you doing? You got to put out a new record. It's like, no. That was like them giving a fresh start. They had time. To say, Dude, this, I'm turning this off. This yeah. sucks. But, you know, <laughs> over that time, you know, I'm not justifying, whatever. Make what you want. I don't give a fuck. But it's like, it had that very Pantera-y kind of, um, I can't think of it in the bands, but that stuff you hear when you go to like the bar, that you come to this bar and we play metal and we play tough guy music and that's the shit that they play they they don't play like fucking whiplash they play pantera and what's the one band the monkey band that wah uh, like the stir it's something like that and that's those apparently that was seeping into their subconscious because that's like what I hear that well, that's same like, polished fucking turd it's like wow this is produced well but, yeah and a polished uh, turd well like I said earlier though like they these, always these, float to the top well these bands they leave and some of the guys from, from, from Forbidden were still making metal uh, Craig went on to do um, Death and a bunch of other bands and then Paul Bastoff was in Slayer still making music, but bands that I feel still fell off the radar and were, were concentrating on paychecks rather than cool records. Yeah, and all like, of a sudden it's like, hey, they meet up with Russ Anderson and the rest of the gang of Forbidden. It's like, hey, we, we're fresh, man. We're back to our roots. Screw those ninety albums. No one's. There. And I think I watched an interview where they said that it's like, yeah, we thought those later albums they were different. We we're being experimental, but we're now we're back to our roots. And it's like, really? I don't hear root. What kind of fucking roots are you talking about? Maybe the bloody roots that fucking Sepultura put in your fucking brain with that jumpy yeah. jump bullshit, but I don't fucking hear the Forbidden Evil album that I know and I love. I hear this polished crap. Play that goddamn guitar like you know how to play it. You well, fucking suck. That, that's like desultory. The first two records, off the charts, awesome. The third one came out, and that that's just... Yeah. Like, I'm still sorting this one out. The um, Leave Scar. Counting Our Scars. Counting Our Scars. There are songs on that that I love, but it's, it's like the first two or three songs and then it, then it starts getting to that. It's as lost. far as the comeback album, that's not horrific. Oh, no. It was way... Um, no, that was something that's like, all right, give it to those guys. Yeah. If they come out with another one, I'm going to give I'm gonna I'm be gonna whole, give it a shot. Yeah. This, this was like... Uh, this sucks. Was just, I mean, that, I that like just it, yeah. sucked ass. And so I have to ask, and I'm going to pose this question. Forbidden... What happened? (laughs) (laughs) This has been Hellcast. I am Reaper. I am Eddie. And we will talk to you next time. Thanks.
corazón Hacerlo esto se 